0: All right. All right. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time. Weird day in Tennessee time. Didn't see this one coming. Time. Not sure. How Tennessee will react to this one time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker studio here on a Saturday evening. So happy Saturday evening out there for everyone. And unless, of course, it's Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening, perhaps even Monday morning. Who knows? Who knows what day it is wherever you are. Regardless, we're happy that you're spending it with us here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Even though this is not, uh, perhaps not the, the best news podcast that we'll, that we'll certainly have here on GoValls 24-7, uh, Grant Ramey and I just got back from Thompson Bowling Arena, where Tennessee outlasted, I guess you could say, Jacksonville State, 75-53. to I don't know if outlast is the right word. Uh, it was kind of an ugly game there in the first half. Tennessee pulled away, took care of business in the second half, and it seemed like business as usual. Uh, but then it obviously was not because the big news was that senior guard Lamonte Turner, the heart and soul of this Tennessee basketball team, sort of the alpha male for the past couple of years, his career at Tennessee is done. Uh, he announced that after the game. He said that after playing 31, 32 minutes and having 11 assists and eight points and shooting four of six from the field, having three rebounds, that that, that he, was, he was done. He, he's had some shoulder issues for a long time now and they found out what it was a couple weeks ago. He had a shot, tried to get it better, but it but it didn't work out. So uh, kind of shocking news there for for Tennessee. And, and the reason that I'm coming to you from the studio here is that the rest of the podcast, you're going to hear uh, me and you're going to hear Ramey, and we're talking from the floor at Thompson Bowling Arena. And the sound quality of it's not quite what it normally is. Uh, I take some equipment there on the road just in case we – we need to do something in case something comes up, and and we did, and and we recorded it where we normally record it, right there on the, uh, right there at mid court at Thompson Bowling Arena, and thought we were using the same settings as normal. Just doesn't quite sound as good. I'm not quite sure why. I'll have to look into that going forward. So I threw this in here as a disclaimer at the beginning because normally I'm pretty proud of the sound quality. Uh, That we have on our podcast is something we take a a tremendous amount of pride in, and this one, it's not going to sound quite as good, probably, as usual. Not sure it sounds terrible, but it definitely doesn't sound great. Uh, So I just wanted to throw that in there on the front end and apologize for that, uh, because hopefully that won't happen again. I think this is good enough to listen to, and, and I think this is an important enough story where... You need to hear it, regardless of the sound quality, maybe not being the best. So, hopefully, we'll get that addressed in the future. Uh, But regardless, here is me, and here is Grant Ramey from Thompson Bowling Arena, uh, talking about a a, an unfortunate story that we wish we weren't having to report, but such is life. Anyway, here's me and Grant Ramey talking a little Tennessee basketball and Lamonte Turner and where the Vols go from here. Wes Rucker, Grant Ramey coming to you here from Thompson Bowling Arena on a Saturday, we're calling this Saturday afternoon, evening, what time is it exactly? I think Uh, it just became Saturday evening, as we are. If if, if you're the kind of person who believes that at 6 o'clock it becomes evening, then right now it is Saturday evening as we're recording this. And the reason that both of us are sitting here talking Tennessee basketball and not uh, perhaps finishing some of our holiday shopping is because there was some interesting news after Tennessee's easy, comfortable win over Jacksonville State. The Vols uh, had a kind of a slow first half, but then kind of got things going. After that, in the second half, things looked pretty good. Rick Barnes comes out and speaks with the media, has some nice things to say. Uh, Jordan Bowden comes out and says some nice things about his uh, playing, you know, to kind of honor his grandmother who passed away yesterday. And then midway through his press opportunity, Lamonte Turner decides to tell everyone, "Oh, by the way, that was my last game that I'm playing." at the University of Tennessee. As far as shockers go, Grant, I, I, I don't think anything that, that happens here really shocks me anymore, but uh, cannot say that I saw this coming.
1: Yeah, I mean, look at the uh, the statement Rick Barnes put out uh, maybe an hour or so after Lamonte said what he said, and, and the first five words of that statement where after he met with the media, uh, Lamonte Turner and his family met with Rick Barnes and told him the, the decision that they had come to Friday night uh, and I believe he signed his shoes on the way off the court and gave them to a kid. Uh, he played, you know, 31 minutes uh, of the 40. I think if uh, this had been planned and orchestrated, I don't know how much he would have played or he would have uh, been given a round of applause. Uh, he would have been taken out of the game in a, in a timeout and honored. But uh, it is what it is. It's a really, really bad end uh, to a really, really good career for a player that's that's done a ton of, You know, he had a ton of huge shots, beat Kentucky twice in the final minute with big threes over the last two seasons. Uh, And just won a game a month ago, less than a month ago for Tennessee uh, in the Emerald Coast Classic when he beat VCU. With that corner three, his time expired. So it's awful that, you know, the shoulder injury ends his career like that. Uh, But maybe he can get it fixed and maybe he can get a career uh, at the next level, whether it's, you know, wherever that is, however he's doing it. If he can uh, make a career out of basketball, that's in his best interest
0: yeah and to sort of set the backstory story here quickly uh lamonte turner's had shoulder injuries throughout his career at tennessee uh, going back to his sort of his first year there on campus he's had some issues i believe uh, he's had three surgeries i think i know he's had at least one surgery on each shoulder during his tennessee career and the, the way i understand this and again i am not a doctor i don't pretend to be one uh, and I, so, so I think I'm going to be careful about what I say here. I think we all should be. But I think my understanding is that this current shoulder is one in his left shoulder, which is his non-shooting shoulder. And it first started popping up last season. And no one kind of knew what it was. Uh, he he kind of had trainers look at it. He had doctors in town look at it. No one could really figure out what it was. Then he, in the offseason, he goes and sees some specialists. You know, he's gone across the country. I think it's at least three, maybe four specialists across the country that he's gone to see. And just recently, I believe earlier this month, uh, he went to – Last wh- week. Last week, was it? He goes to St. Louis. Good, good correction there, Grant. He goes to St. Louis last week and gets a diagnosis that basically says it's something similar to what Mark, Markel Fultz has been through and anyone who's an NBA fan or you know a fan of college basketball in the past few years knows that Markel Fultz was the number one overall pick a few years ago in the NBA draft and has had a shoulder injury that has thrown a big wrench into pretty much his entire career. And so this is not Turner's shooting shoulder, but it is still a shoulder that you need to play basketball. And hearing Lamonte Turner talk about it, I mean, we can talk about the way he delivered the message and whether he handled that right. I think he handled it wrong, but, but that's another topic for another day. Let's toss that aside for just a second and discuss what it's been like for Turner the past year. He has known all along that something in his shoulder doesn't feel right. It hasn't felt right when he slept. It hasn't felt right when he's walking to class, let alone going out there and trying to play basketball and multiple doctors have looked at this and not known what it was. And Turner kind of had to look in the mirror and and tell himself is this just in my head is this just a mental block something here doesn't feel right but i don't know what it is and it's not good and finally he gets the news of what the injury is and i think the plan initially was to go ahead and get a shot and play through it and initially when he got that shot he felt better but then it went right back to what it was and now that they know what it is it's something that apparently can get worse if he keeps playing on it so after a lot of thought, he and his family decided to, to have that surgery. Is there anything to that, Grant, that I've said wrong or that you could add clarification to? Because I think we all talk to different people and try to figure out what this is.
1: No, I, don't. I need to correct my correction. It wasn't last week. It was like 10 days ago. It was, it was leading up to the Memphis game when Tennessee had the nine days off uh, for the finals break. And, and going and seeing that specialist in St. Louis, uh, a doctor who worked with athletes with overhead shoulder issues, Uh, which is obviously what Lamonte was dealing with. Uh, That was kind of the last-ditch effort to try to fix it, getting that shot and seeing if that would loosen things up and and maybe allow him to get through the end of the season. Uh, When that didn't happen, he had that conversation Friday night with his family his parents that uh, it's, time to I guess, time to fix this as the only option if that shot and that that kind of specialist isn't able to help him. Uh, He needs to find a way to get it fixed, whether that's keeping playing the season or in the season. You've got to figure out what's best for you uh, and go that route. So that's what he did. And uh, it's, a, it's a huge, huge blow for this Tennessee basketball team because you, A, lose uh, half of whatever experience you had, which is very little. Uh, and B, you're, you're down to eight scholarship players that are available. And four of those are freshmen, and two of those freshmen can barely stay on the floor. And another's a junior who can barely stay on the floor. so. And it's it's hard to overstate it how much it affects defensively too because Rick Barnes liked to talk about Lamonte as one of the best guards uh, defensively in the country when he was locked in so it, it hurts Tennessee on both ends of the floor it hurts him off the court just about every way imaginable
0: it's it's a pretty huge blow for the Tennessee basketball team and I think you know to to set the the scene I think a little bit we, we talked about this a little bit early in the podcast but but just to, to restate this Rick Barnes comes out for his post game press conference. And it's pretty normal. He, he talks about the game and giving the guys a few days off for break and they could use it to get healthy. Obviously, Turner was one of the guys he was probably referencing when he said that. Uh, and then he talked about Turner specifically. He wasn't even asked about him. He was just asked about something else. And he, he went into detail a little bit about a conversation that he and Lamonte Turner had Friday night uh, where they talked about some things. And, and the comment from Barnes was that they had sort of settled on finding a way forward for him to still impact this team while staying on the floor. Because clearly, throughout this whole thing, Barnes has known that Turner has gone from being a bit of a sniper outside to a guy who can't hit anything outside the free throw line. And that's been pretty shocking. But he's still been on the floor for nearly 40 minutes a game because this team needs him that badly. And this team was going to need him that badly, no matter how many shots that he missed. Uh, it just it needed him to be that guy. It needed him to be the point guard, the floor general. And so Barnes has a comment saying that they they think they basically said I'm going to find a way we're going to find a way to make you productive even though you're battling this. And then Bowden comes out and talks about I asked him point blank about Turner uh, while Turner was on the other side of the room, and, and he said that you know he's not in Lamonte's shoes he doesn't know what's going on through in Lamonte's head, but that he said when I look at Lamonte now it's not him someone else is in there and Turner talked about that how it almost made him depressed he's been crying about it he's been trying to figure out is this a problem that i have mentally Uh, is there something actually wrong with me or not and that really messes with you because there's a lot of pressure on the kid and he has to be a stud for this team and all of a sudden he can't shoot the ball and people are telling him they don't know exactly why and so that has got to be just a nightmare scenario for an athlete to deal with so we can sit here all day and talk about how weird it was that it came out the way it did because I'm pretty darn sure we can safely say now that you and I sitting here knew before Barnes and it most, if not all the team knew. And that is unusual. Uh, that is uh, surprising. Uh, that's not something you see all the time, but if we can set that aside, I think when you start to, when you kind of, Close your eyes and imagine being in Turner's shoes for the past year and what he's dealt with with this. I don't blame him for making this decision. It's just maybe he could have announced it better.
1: Yeah, I mean he could have orchestrated this with Tennessee and, and planned it out. And, and I mean, in this situation, you you need to go to your head coach first after you've talked to your family. I mean that's that's the that's the flow of information. It needs to start at the top and and, and go down to your teammates and, and everybody else. And honestly, we should be the Uh, last ones to know in that situation but you know monte's a a guy that uh over the course of his career has leaned on late game dramatics and this was a late game last minute um kind of way to drop it and he dropped it and that was it yeah the, the stuff that really stood out to me was how it's kind of affected the rest of his kind of life off the court how he's lost confidence Uh, in his game because of it now it's kind of made him a little bit depressed off the floor because he's, you know, spending so much time trying to figure out what's going on and how to fix it and dealing with it. So uh, as much as you know, I think this is the absolute last option that he was considering uh, and the fact that he's doing it tells you how bad it is because this was his redshirt senior season. This is what he'd been waiting for for so long. He'd been a huge part of these last couple Tennessee teams over the years that had done so much and you know, a former 6 Man of the Year in the SEC. Uh, This was him and Bowden's team. You know, everybody wants to look forward to all this elite talent coming in with the 2020 signing class. Uh, But this was their team. This was, you know, they're on all the the publications, all the promotional materials. It's it's Lamonte Turner and Jordan Bowden for a reason because they were the two seniors. They were the veterans. They were the the guys that were going to make or break this team. And now Tennessee has to figure out a way to make it work without them.
0: Yeah. And I'll be clear about this. Uh, Lamonte Turner is, and this is just my opinion. It's, it's just one person's opinion, but I, I've covered Tennessee athletics for, I think all but two and a half of the past 19 or 20 years. And I, so I've been around this program quite a bit and I've seen a lot of athletes. I've seen a lot of tough guys. Uh, I've seen some tough female athletes too. Lamonte Turner would make, for me, he would comfortably make the short list of the toughest athletes that I've covered here. And when I say tough, I mean, two things. I mean, physically tough, And I mean mentally tough. Because physically, I know that he has played through a lot the past four years. He has played – let's just call this what it is. He has played through injuries that I think a whole lot of other players, perhaps even a majority of players, would not have played through. They would have shut it down. They would have had surgeries before. They would have taken another – you know, an extra health year here and there. They may have stopped playing in some cases because that's how frustrating it's been for him. He's played through that. And mentally tough – Because, again, I go back to that shot that he hit to beat VCU. We know what he's going through. We know that his numbers, after being a really good three-point shooter, his numbers have just gone off a cliff this season. But when they needed that shot right there at VCU, he turns around and, boom, just drills it. And that's why when he took that shot against Memphis late and didn't go in, I didn't care because that's the guy that you want taking that shot. You will live and die with him taking that shot. If you're the head coach and you look at that team – and I would say this for the past three years, and you say, I-, I need a shot here. I need a shot. I'd go to Lamonte Turner for that shot. So so now, when you put all that together, I think you've got what I would consider one of the tougher players that I've been around. And so for him to make this decision, as you alluded to, Grant, I, I-, I think this was something he felt like he had to do. I-, I-, I think that he didn't think this was an option. I think he thought it was the option because it was the last thing on the table and it was the last thing he wanted to do but he felt like he had to do it so I I don't love the way that the news transpired I don't like the way that happened Um, but the bottom line is uh, this is one of the tougher dudes I've seen at Tennessee this is a guy who should be remembered really fondly how many guys can say how many players who have ever played college basketball can sit there and say they've had two shots to beat Kentucky like basically at the end of a game in their career two daggers to beat kentucky one and rub for goodness sakes i mean he's hit some big ones the vcu shot there's so many others that he's hit over the years that I, I would probably have to go back and think about it it's it's definitely it's i wouldn't say it's double digits but it's probably close to that in terms of just late game just just assassin snipes that he's taken to beat teams uh so there's a lot that goes into being a tough athlete and this is a tough athlete so i think that's something we need to remember too here but first First thing we're going to do, if I can get words out of my mouth on this long day, long week it's been for us, Grant. Long, <laughs> long week it's been for us. Uh, but we're going to step away. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, uh, listen to some products and services and in-house ads and all those other fun things, and then we're going to come back from that and we're going to talk about what Tennessee is going to do or what Tennessee can possibly do uh, to overcome this this loss because this is a this is a shockwave So uh, there's plenty to discuss, and we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and do that. #Hashtag Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever products and services and how sad you may or may not have heard just a second ago. As always, you're not contractually, morally, ethically, spiritually obligated in any way, shape, or form to listen to those commercials. You can always hit the fast-forward button. But we appreciate those people who don't do that. Helps us at CBS Sports. Helps us at 24-7 Sports. Helps us at Go Balls 24-7. And it might even help you. And who knows what the product is? Because we don't know. It could be a great product that you... You're like, man, I can't think of what to get this person. It's almost it's almost Christmas or it's almost the start of Hanukkah. What am I going to do? And, and boom, there you go. You get, you, maybe you got a great idea from those commercials. So uh, thanks for doing that, the people who do that. Westrecker and Grant Ramey coming to you here from Thompson Bowling Arena after a, a Tennessee win that was, oh, by the way, also the 700th win of Rick Barnes' basketball career, which – I guess we're just not going to discuss that now because because of what we're talking about here with Lamonte Turner announcing uh, that he w- his college career was essentially done. He was going to go have surgery, which we all assume is season-ending and college-career-ending surgery on his left shoulder. And, Grant, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but this kind of puts Tennessee in a pickle. Now the Vols, until Santiago Viscovi gets here, have eight scholarship players. And, and when he arrives, he'll be a freshman who – Maybe he should still be a senior in high school, and he's not, you know, we'll see. He physically looks good on film, but will he learn their system? Will he learn what they want to do? Um, there's a Rick Barnes had said even Friday night that he didn't think Vascovie was going to play this season. He thought he said he'd be surprised if that happened. Now I think we'd all be surprised if that didn't happen because now Tennessee's got eight scholarship players. We imagine, I think we both said that we think. They're probably going to move Josiah Jordan-James to the point guard spot to start and then either uh, Ticket Gaines or Jalen Johnson steps into the lineup uh, because if you don't do that, then you have to move Eve Pons down to up to the three to then put Cuma down at the four. They've got some issues that they're having to work out now, and this just really, really puts the balls in a bind, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it puts them in a huge bind. Uh, they had point guard problems even with Lamonte Turner in the fold. I mean, obviously his play had been struggling lately, Uh, But even on a game like Saturday, he has eight points and 11 assists. uh, And a lot of what Tennessee does in the second half of that game, scoring 45 points and shooting 50-something percent from the field is uh, aided in a large part because of Lamonte. Now, without him, uh, my first instinct is to move Josiah James back to point guard because that's his natural position. He's played it. He grew up playing it all his life, even though he's 6'6", 200. uh, In the perfect build for a wing, he's been a point guard. He was a combo guard in the signing class, uh, according to – you know our evaluations of him so that means a move back to his, his normal position he wants to be a facilitator first before he's a scorer that's how he plays the game maybe that's good for him but it's bad for that wing spot because Devontae Gaines was a guy back during the summer they were thinking about redshirting. Uh, and Jalen Johnson's a guy that's been here four years and, and can never get on the floor can never stay on the floor has never got consistent minutes uh, he got a little bit more against Jacksonville State but you know Rick Barnes didn't sound too glowing Uh, About him after the game So when Rick said what he said Friday afternoon at practice That Santiago Viscovi will be here December 28th and it's quote Highly unlikely that he plays That was before the Lamonte Turner decision was made Uh, So maybe that changes They're going to have to figure something out Because they don't have a lot of good options right now Like we talked about uh, before the break Eight scholarship players Four of them are freshmen And a couple of them, a couple players can barely stay on the floor and you got to figure something out at point guard before you figure out anything else because Lamonte Turner played 33 and a half minutes a game he's your second leading score like 12.3 points a game he averaged 7.8 assists a game uh, those are big numbers that you got to figure out how to fix it and, and how to get on with it with a team that's a lot less experienced than it was this time yesterday and a lot it was already thin but it's so much more thinner now than it was this time yesterday.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm spitballing here when we're talking about this before we step out of here. But I, I think that my first thought is that Rick Barnes really doesn't want to change the way this team plays defense. He believes in that defensive philosophy. I wonder if they're going to have to tweak that now because what if a couple guys get in foul trouble? You're talking about a lot of guys playing 30-plus minutes per game, and, and that's not an option. That's mandatory. So you're going to have guys. Plus, if you play more pressure defense, stands to reason you're going to have more foul trouble. And if you have foul trouble, that's suddenly a huge, huge problem for this team. So I think they're going to have to, they're going to have to look at what they're doing in a lot of ways. And, and the, the first thing that came to my mind before even thinking about Josiah Jordan James because he's obviously going to have to move. He's going to play the point now more, whether he starts there or not. He's going to have to play a lot more minutes there, which he probably wants. But but that's what they're going to have to do. My first thought was Jordan Bowden, and the reason is I've said this for a few years now. Lamonte Turner has been the biggest alpha on this team, I think, for the past few years. I think he, you know, you had Grant Williams being the best player. You had Admiral Schofield being probably the the most. Um, I don't know if you'd say vivacious or whatever, personality on the team. Uh, maybe the most outsized personality on the team was, was Schofield. Uh, but Lamonte Turner was kind of the guy who, in practice, you just didn't mess with. He was the guy that wanted the ball in his hands when the game was on the line. He was the guy who I, I almost saw get into a fight in a summer league game, for goodness sakes. He was just – that was his role. And Jordan Bowden is the complete antithesis of that. Jordan Bowden is a guy who, by his nature – and there's nothing wrong with this – but he's a guy who, by his nature, likes to kind of go on and get along. He, he likes to kind of blend in into the crowd a little bit. He likes to kind of, you know, I don't want to say be his own guy because he's a really personable kid, but he's just not really that natural alpha type who says, get on my back, let's go. And now you're going to have an entire locker room of guys who are going to be staring at number 23, and he is under now a tremendous amount of pressure because this is his team now. If this is anyone's team other than his team, this team has no shot. This team has to be his team, and I'm fascinated to see how he handles that. Maybe this is one of those deals, Grant, where somebody does something because they have to do it. Sometimes you, you don't life, – life goes like that, right? You get thrown into a situation, and you don't know if you can do it. You know, imagine, like, maybe someone who's, like, a parent, being a parent for the first time or something. Like, you don't know if you're going to be a good parent until you have kids. Uh, And you don't know if you're going to be a leader until you have to lead. And now there's no option, right? Like, he has to lead.
1: Yeah, he has to. And he has to be that aggressor that he's never really been. uh, And he has to do it in a scenario where it's going to be, you know, tenfold, ten times harder for him to do it. Because who else are you focusing on your game plan if you're scouting Tennessee? I mean, Eve Fonz is your secondary scorer. John Fulkerson's another guy. Uh, those guys, you know, have yet to really consistently put a certain product on the floor that you know you're going to get night in and night out. Uh, so everybody's going to focus on, on JB, and rightfully so. I mean, he's the guy that's that's out of all this roster, and you go down the stats, he's the guy that concerns you the most if you're trying to defend this Tennessee basketball team. So he's going to have to change his style of play. But, you know, something you mentioned, coaches talk about so often you don't. You adapt your scheme to your personnel. You don't adapt your personnel to your scheme. They're going to have to do that as well. I mean, this is a pretty major personnel change, regardless of how they adjust to fix this. Taking Lamonte Turner out of the picture is a huge, huge personnel change, and I'm, I will be interested to see if they try to play the same brand of basketball or, or how they adjust to try to uh, deal with that, that, that void and, and kind of fill it because uh, there's a lot of moving pieces here in terms of Josiah or Santiago Escovy or however you handle it. Uh, how do they handle it on the floor? And, and does this look like the same kind
0: of style of basketball that's attempting to be played? And then you start thinking about, you know, if Vescovi is not able to help for a while, who's the third point guard on this team? <laughs> do you, Because do you, you have to have three. You can't just have two. So d- does that become Jalen Johnson? Does that become Devontae uh, Gaines. De- Gaines? You know, does Ticket step in there and do it? I mean, we don't, we don't really know. But I- I'll say this, too. We... I remember several years ago, and it was a completely different situation, but Tennessee played number one Kansas in this building after four players had been suspended because of an off-the-field incident, and they shocked the number one team in the country despite having just six scholarship players available. And that team went on to win some games and do some things. So you can play good basketball. You can still have good moments. As long as this arena we're in now is full and it's hostile to the the opponent, Tennessee will have a chance. You know, there's there's still some good players on this team. And – every loss for one person is an opportunity for someone else and, and i think if there is any benefit to this because i i'm not going to say it's a good situation because it's obviously not it's a bad situation but uh, it is an opportunity and the name that pops up in my mind is jalen johnson Because this is a kid who, we've talked about this for a long time, Grant. We've talked about it several times even recently on this podcast. What in the world is going on there? It's his fourth year here. He was the highest rated player in a class full of guys who are now in the NBA. When he got here, there are former Tennessee players, guys who have played with Jalen Johnson in Tennessee, who said they think he should be the best player on this team. You know, not just a good player. They think he should be the best player on this team because they practiced against him every day and they know what kind of game he has, what kind of ability he has. And now when you start divvying up the minutes and you look at who plays, he has to play now. If he's healthy, there's no, there's no option, right? I mean, I'm looking at this thinking, there's no way he doesn't play double-digit minutes per game now because he has to, because whether he plays some on the ball, whether he plays mostly off the, you know, on the wing, wherever he is, he's a guy who's going to get a chance to play now. And that, that means more minutes for him. Uh, in in some way, shape, or form, it's going to mean more minutes for Pawns, even than he's already playing, which is a lot. It's going to mean more minutes for guys like Pember and Kumwad. They're going to have to play more minutes now. I mean, everybody on the team, their minutes per game just went up, right? I mean, Jordan Bowden's going to need a third long
1: Yeah, I mean, it has to. I mean, that's what we were – you know, we tried to figure out on the last podcast why to hold this guy back, what's the disconnect there, why can't he consistently get on the floor and get minutes, well, that – Disconnects gone. He has to play. There's no other question. I mean, it's either that or you have a six man rotation uh, and you rely on Devontae Gaines for 35 minutes a night. Uh, that is, if Jalen Johnson uh, vacates the wing and goes back to point guard. I mean, it's just, he's going to have to play. He's got to give you good minutes on both ends of the floor. Uh, if he does play nine and a half minutes like he did against Jacksonville State, he can't have no points and one rebound and not a lot to show for it. Uh, he's got to stay busy. He's got to stay productive if he wants to. Uh, consistently you know do something for this basketball team yeah the the time has come where there's no other option but him uh, or there's very limited options uh, with him so he's got to do something he's got to be a guy that steps up Devontae Gaines got to be a guy that steps up time to him for him to keep punching above his weight class uh, in a big way Josiah's got to step up maybe in a different position and and maybe you're forced to play Santiago Scobie and Good Lord, it's, it's a, there's a lot ahead of this team. Oh, and, and, and by the way, in like six or was six weeks, they have to go to Kansas. Yeah, eight weeks, maybe.
0: Yeah, that, that's uh, that, that's no, four weeks. Yeah, four weeks, four weeks. Yeah, we, we suck at math. We, we're journalists. We don't do the whole counting thing. But you know, it kind of reminds me, Grant, of a, what was it? Just a few years ago now, where we were like, you know what, we need a new basketball beat writer at Go Balls Twenty Four Seven, and we looked around and we scoured the country and we just said, is Rami our best option? <laughs> And, and that's what we did. And you know what? Look what we got. We got a stud. Here's my point, guys. You never know what someone's capable of doing until you ask them to do it, and they got to go do it. And I think now this puts this team in a, in a really tough situation. They're going right into you know SEC play, Wisconsin, basically, and then they're stepping right into SEC play, and Wisconsin is not having a great season, but that's, that's a really established, really good program. Uh, that's a program that has players they develop, and they, they can go out there and scare anybody. They're really, really sound on both ends of the court. They run a tough offense to deal with. They're physically tough. So, yeah, I mean, then you go that right into SEC play, and your, your only break from SEC play is going to be Kansas, which is – not a break from anything because Kansas, I know it lost today to Villanova, um, but, you know, it's like the fifth number one team this, this season to lose. It's just kind of one of those years uh, for college basketball. So there's, there's plenty to talk about, and, and we'll have now, uh, I'm guessing, at least one more podcast to kind of break this down and what it could look like. But uh, we had to do this one today, so so thanks for tuning in, guys. We, we appreciate it. As always, you can find... All of us on social media, I'm Wes 247 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Patrick Brown, P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. Or if you want just Tennessee news and nothing else, uh, you can get that at twitter.com slash 24 247 or facebook.com slash 24 247 where Grant does an awesome job spearheading our Facebook coverage there or if you want to drink that delicious East Tennessee Mountain spring water directly from the source you can go do that at Govols247.com we got a lot of good deals coming up so keep an eye out for that and as a reminder guys I'm gonna say this until I'm blue in the face if you purchase a 24 247 subscription which is already a good deal to begin with it's already a good deal we're giving you free access as long as your members with us you get free access to CBS All Access, which is a $100 annual value, and that's all of the the, the CBS shows that you've watched over the years. The full archive, all of it commercial free. There's movies that rotate in every month. There's live sports, live SEC football, live SEC uh, basketball. You, you've got NCAA tournament that's going to be on there. Uh, before too long, you're going to have the Champions League, the UEFA Champions League, on there. Uh, you're going to have a World Series of Poker events on there, and some special, you know, web only and podcast podcast stuff that you can get on that that app as well so go do that there's no reason not to do that we're sitting here we're wearing our ugly holiday sweaters you can't see that because this is just a podcast but that's what we're wearing and we're in the spirit come come join us come join us to go boss 24 7 don't don't be a fool don't be a fool it's holiday season be smart thanks guys we'll see y'all i guess barring any more ridiculous breaking news we'll probably uh we'll probably talk to y'all on monday morning see you